It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Burn Factory Podcast with Priest and Phoenix Rivera. Listen as the boys interview the biggest names in sports and entertainment. The Burn Factory starts now. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Burn Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Priest, joined by my co-host, my brother, the one and only Phoenix. Say what's up to the camera. What's up, y'all? This is called the Burn Factory for a reason. I was literally caught on fire. 50% chance to live, but through that, started this podcast because I believe every single person out there on this planet goes through a burn moment somewhere in their life. You heard Priest say a burn moment. So a burn moment is a super hard time in your life that you just have to fight and overcome. And me and Priest believe that every single person on this earth go through burn moments that truly make them who they are. But what an amazing guest we have, Priest, today. I'm super excited for this one. He was a pioneer of mixed martial arts. He has the third most finishes in bantamweight history. He's also tied for most submissions in bantamweight history. He's the founder of Team Alpha with some of the likes of Cody Garbrandt, Songi Don, and Macy Barber. He also has his own promotion called A1 Combat and a book called Laws of the Ring. He was the WEC featherweight champion, and to top it off, he is in the UFC Hall of Fame. So please give a warm welcome to Uriah Faber. What's up, guys? Welcome, What's welcome, up? Thanks welcome, for having welcome. Me. Thanks. Welcome yeah. to the Burn Factory. Yeah, this is cool, man. We've been uh, going back and forth on this. I'm glad. I mean, you guys are smart to set up shop at this uh, convention center. Talk about an awesome event. 
uh, so many good fighters over there right now. I hope you guys get some more. Uh -huh, for sure. Here. It kind of works out perfect because we're right here and we can just go in there and be like, hey, you want to come do like a 45 hour minute hour interview? And he's like, everyone's like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. So yeah, why cool. not? It's a great, cool. it's a great opportunity. It's packed over there. We were over there yeah. this morning. Holy crap. Changes every year. Every year I seem it feels it feels like it gets a little bit bigger. And uh, I remember the first one of these. The UFC actually didn't run the first one, and they kind of took it over after that first year. And so they've got it more and more mainstream, and um, it's like run to a uh, run to a T now. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's well organized. What's we we kind of popped inside there earlier. What's going on on the bottom floor, uh, the first floor? So I. The way they do it with us is they tell us when to be there. They pick us up. They drive us, drop us off, bring us mm -hmm. on stage, take us off stage. So I didn't get a chance to explore. But I know on the plane ride over here from Sacramento, I ran into maybe three or four people that were competing in different types of competitions there. So I think they're doing jiu-jitsu competitions. They're doing um, a lot of different booths. Uh, but I didn't get to see the the full throttle what they got going on yeah i think on the other side too i think they have nba con going on too oh really yeah That's so it's amazing. just a whole packed uh weekend here in vegas yeah absolutely even the gaming that you were showing yeah. us earlier before here that that gaming so i was just going to check it out but they do 250 events a year wow. they hold all sorts of stuff in that that um arena that i just toured right before i was here they are like the biggest in the world it's you know yeah. It's maybe a $25 million build for this video gaming arena. And, you know, the pro teams, there's kids that are getting signed with big contracts. It's a whole, whole different world. That it's pretty similar to the fight game. But yeah. What game are they playing? I don't know. I think they everything. have everything. Yeah. Everything? Okay. I, and, I, and I myself, I'm not a big gamer, so I don't even – I probably wouldn't even pronounce it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different world. Like they had like a big Fortnite championship going on and the yeah. winner got like $4 million and he's like 16 years yeah. old and you're just looking at him like, oh my God. That's that kid's bear moment right there. Completely yeah. changed his life. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, like from what I understand, cause I'm trying to put together the whole package for a project I'm working on in, in Sacramento, but um, like the attendance and like the, the, viewership of the video game like teams is one of the biggest in the world wow so it's like it's it's got a it's got a lot of potential that's for sure you said you're working on a project what project is it uh i'm not supposed to talk about it right oh, now oh okay. uh, yeah. Yeah. Secrecy. You guys, yeah. Secret. yeah i'll know more on the 14th but um just to kind of continue to build my little alpha empire i've got a bunch of little things that i've been working on um i've got my team team alpha mma we've got uh a couple of gyms in Sacramento and I've got my fight organization, a one combat. So we're just trying to build off of that. We've got a mm -hmm. lot of things that I'm trying to build. That's been kind of like a shanty empire. I'm trying to put some real structure and make some key hires eventually and, and, and keep building on it. So as it goes on more, I'd like to come on and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we would love, awesome. we'd yeah. love to have you on a, a second time. But on the show, we do use the acronym burn. So each letter is kind of a different time in your life. So starting with B beginning, Take us back to the beginning. Take us back to your childhood. Were there some burn moments that you had to overcome during that time? <clears throat> yeah, I would think so. I mean, everything's about perspective, right? So you, you tried to put a positive spin on every, everything. But I would say for, you know, my beginning of life was a lot of great, great stuff. I was born in a house in Santa Barbara um, and, and Isla Vista, actually, which is the college town right next to UC Santa Barbara. Uh, my parents were kind of hippies at the time, 
really strong Christians at the time, and they were part of a group that they weren't going to college, but they decided to have me at home. Um, kind of grew up in that environment uh, till maybe three or four that I moved to Sacramento. Got one brother at the time, um, Ryan. He's a couple years older than I am, and my sister is 13 years. Who's She's 13 years younger. She didn't come for a long time after. But, um, you know, really, really good, good, happy upbringing. And then my parents got a divorce, I think, when I was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So that was, I'm sure, a hard time. I don't remember specifically, but, um, you know, a difficult time for everybody. And uh, I was lucky enough, lucky enough to have parents that were super involved and basically fighting for our time on both sides, which I think was awesome. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, life wasn't perfect. We didn't have a ton of money or anything, but was full of love and, and uh, support. And, and you know, that was the kind of beginning of my life. You know, I was, was into acting as a kid, doing modeling and acting as a kid. My mom was kind of into that stuff. My dad was uh, a framer by trade and, and eventually uh, got his contractor's license. And so, um, you know, both, both parents were awesome, very different, but uh, a lot of love and support. Did you play any sports before getting into wrestling when you were young? Football was my favorite sport. I grew up mm. playing football, and for me, um, you know, all my free time, went on the playground with our buddies. We were always playing football. Mm. And I think, you know, had I been, you know, my, my athletic abilities in six foot four, I'd probably played football. Really? <laughs> really? What, what's your favorite team? I'm a Niners fan. Niners. I'm like a diehard Niners fan, so I don't really – know any of the players right now but yeah. i'm just like it's ingrained in me to be a niners fan so yeah it's kind of but a tough ending to your season last year i don't even know oh, <laughs> I, I honestly i haven't watched football since uh since i stopped playing football oh yeah, okay. kind of a, yeah, yeah they were like one of the best teams they had the best defense and then they were on their like fourth string quarterback in the playoffs in the nfc championship yeah, it was kind of a tough that. tough break for them but uh after football what kind of got you into wrestling well, my brother Ryan, he wrestled um, when just for a year in junior high. I remember watching him, and we're always. I mean, I liked hockey. I liked roller hockey. I played football. Um, I was a big boxing fan. WWE. I just like contact things. I was drawn to it. Mm -hmm. So um, when I got the opportunity, I jumped in and got my butt kicked the first time, which. Um, I didn't really know till the very end that I was losing, you know, because I thought I was doing pretty well. And, uh, you know, you have to have rules. There's rules and, and, and uh, scoring system and everything. So I, I kind of got hooked at that point and, and uh, continued on that path. So I wrestled my, I think, eighth grade year and then turned into uh, going out for the high school team where I kind of took it, took it serious, played football and wrestled in high school. What was that like, balancing those two sports? Was it hard? I don't think so. I mean, for me, I've been extremely busy since I was a little kid. People, during my fight career especially, I kind of used to get crap for juggling a lot of things, like, you know, that I needed to focus more on. But I'm just wired where I'm having to do things. Even, you know, I did the, the meet and greet just now. I got in an Uber. I had a 20-minute meeting, got here just in time to do this podcast, and I have to go to the next thing at 3, and then... Uh, my wife's coming in. She's, you know, we're going to go to the slap thing with. with uh, uh, oh, power slap. Yeah, power slap with the kudo guys, which I'm not honestly looking forward to, to yeah. be honest. But um, and then uh, <laughs> and then on to the next thing from there. But like I'm, just, I'm wired like that. 
splitting time between parents, playing sports, being a good, uh, you know, a, a good student, and, and used to work. Same thing in college, was wrestling in college, had a job, you know, had a girlfriend, trying to get good grades. So I'm used to just staying busy. I kind of like that. Uh -huh. yeah. So many stuff going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you do have a lot going uh, on. So whenever you, you did go to high school, you wrestled, then you went to college and wrestled, what sparked that interest into getting mix, into mixed martial arts? I said I was a fan of everything contact. I, Roy Jones Jr., Tommy the Gun Morrison, uh, Mike Tyson, Prince Nassim Hamid. Those, those, those are some of my favorite boxers growing up. And um, watched the first UFC in 90, I don't know, I think it was 94 maybe, and was just enamored with that. And at that time, I didn't know I was only going to be 5'5", five, 5'6", five, 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 and 150 you know, pounds. I was like, I would, I'd like to do something like that. But... Uh, <clears throat> so stayed in contact with with or uh, stayed as, as a fan with it, and and um, as it progressed, I kind of took a took a chance. I, I graduated college, and um, didn't want to get a real job. Had a lot of options, but decided to kind of follow a path of my passion, and uh, really kind of delusional at the time because there wasn't really an opportunity for guys in to make a real living there. There's like one or two events a year, and um, not my weight class by any means. I think the closest weight class was 170 pounds. Wow. So starting out, did you obviously have to fight a lot bigger uh, guys? I did that. The very first fight I had was at 155 pounds, and I had just wrestled in college at 133 pounds. So I was uh, – <clears throat> it wasn't like – I was just weighing about one, maybe 143 by 155, but I was just doing it for fun and – I fought a big Mexican guy, had pride tattoos across his chest. <laughs> I had a little clean comb over. I didn't tell my mom I was fighting oh. until like two weeks after. And oh. uh, had a blast, man. What was her awesome. reaction to, to you fighting? She was trying to pay me not to do it. And I'm like, well, at the time, it was a minute and a half, I think, my fight was. I got paid 500 bucks between $200 to show, 200 bucks to win, and uh, sold some tickets. And I was like, all right, it's 500 bucks every minute and a half. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I was already an adult. I was 23 years old and had just graduated college. I've been living on my own for a while. So it wasn't like she, she could do much other than, you know, give me a tongue lashing. What uh, promotion was it? This was a Gladiator Challenge, Gladiator Challenge and King of the Cage. They kind of worked together. And they had like a little pay-per-view model for the King of the Cage. <clears throat> I remember me and Rashad Evans fought in a, in, a, in a card together at an Indian casino back in the day. And um, a lot of guys, actually, that you probably know of now came up through those small organizations back in the day. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Was it locally or was it kind of all over? It had to be on Indian casinos. Interesting. Because it wasn't legal? Yeah. Oh. Sovereign land, so they could do whatever they want. Yeah, whatever they want. So my first, I think maybe nine fights were on Indian reservations. And and I could wear shoes back then. You could knee guys in the head. Uh, (laughs) On the ground? Yeah. You could do all, there's all sorts of stuff. They quickly um, started changing the rules. At the time, I had these gloves too. And I remember Herb Dean, he was a, a referee back then also and uh these these things were like gel so they're probably like eight ounce gloves but like front loaded so they're like little missiles oh and he he took a look at those and he goes he goes what the heck he goes you can't wear these i go why not he goes you can't wear these it's like extra extra padding i could like punch a wall and uh you know i was wearing shoes at the time you could do whatever you wanted really did, did they have to go back and get you a new pair of gloves then, or could you even fight still? Since no, they got me a new pair of gloves. Oh, okay. So they had some yeah. in the back. I, I put a little protest up, but I didn't win that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. It's time to go to you and burn. Unfortunate. There are a bunch of unfortunate burn moments that lead into some of the best burn moments. Like myself, I was involved in a science experiment by my teacher that went horribly wrong, blew up in my face, and I was a, given a fifty percent chance to survive. 
and I spent a week in the ICU burn clinic and had seven surgeries. <clears throat> but that's when I found my burn moment is I'm a competitive golfer and I had my parents and him go get my putter and I would put three golf balls into a glass jar and all hooked up to the IVs and stuff and my face swelled shot, I couldn't even see, but I would continuously put balls into this glass jar and that was my burn moment. Yeah. And I'm sure you being in mixed martial arts and growing up, there has to be some unfortunate moments that got you to where you're at today. Yeah, there's quite a few, I guess, if you if you uh, go back and look at it. I mean, most most of the stuff that was tough for me, and and props to you for turning your you. negative experience into something great. That's that's like I said about perspective and um, you know digging deep and staying positive. Obviously, you have a great support system and have learned some great tools in life. But I think it's cool that you're preaching to the to the to the folks, can use some motivation. For me. Um, most of my really tough moments were surrounded by um, things that happened to other people in my family. For myself, I mean, I got in a little trouble in college um, where I felt like I was in, uh, you know, I had like a phobia of the phone. I had gotten in trouble. I was put on probation to uh, at, at college where if I got in trouble, I was going to get kicked out and, and all this kind of stuff. That was kind of a, a time that really kind of put me, turned me on my head and made me really kind of switch directions. Um, you know, the things that have happened with my family has been, you know, kind of their battles that affected me. And, and so I think that's kind of more their burn moments that affected everybody. Um, but the lessons that I learned, I think, during the, the college ordeal was basically, uh, you know, I, I kind of grew up free-spirited parents. We could do what we wanted, and I was a good kid. Um, outspoken and, you know, a good leader. I, I went to a, gr a great university, but, um, you know, I lived out on 10 acres. We, were, we used to drive on the roof during lunchtime and, you know, we'd, we, we'd do all sorts of crazy stuff and not a ton of consequences and we had a lot of freedom. And then I went into like an, a dorm environment where I had like RAs, residence assistants that live right next to you and their job is like, make sure you're quiet and following the rules that I didn't even, I didn't even look at the rules to be honest, but <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing anything crazy, but, um, I had all my buddies come up for, uh, you know, for the first weekend where they were coming to visit me and they're wild. We went to Mexico from our senior, senior trip and we were wild there and they felt like they were in Mexico again. So I was getting in, in trouble for everything they did. One guy, it like jumped off the second story into a bush and like another guy had like barged in into somebody else's house and someone else had like said the police like Popo got a light and like he got in trouble like all this stupid stuff and I I was unaware I was just doing my thing I, I wasn't doing anything terrible I wasn't being great but um, I ended up getting written up for everything that they did and I didn't really understand the the, the level of consequences that that it was, I was like, oh yeah, I got written up, and I had a, a an, like a, a a letter that said I had a meeting, and I forgot about that. I was pretty self motivated, running in the morning and stuff, and I was, uh, um, you know, you weren't supposed to go in the spa. I wasn't very good at following rules, which I'm still not great at following the rules, but like, you know, I had a, uh, you weren't supposed to go in the spa till ten, and I had a meeting at this time and everything else, and I just blew everything off on accident because I was just in my my own world. And I literally, you know, I'm in this, I went for a run in the morning, 
trying to be self-motivated and, and do good for my uh, um, my wrestling career. And then I um, went in the spa. I was quiet. He wasn't supposed to be going in the spa, but I went in there anyways afterwards. I'm just chilling. And then the RD comes out, who's the big guy in charge, and he's like, hey, um, you have a meeting. Like, now, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Put my towel on, go into the meeting with my shirt off. And he was like, he was like, I don't think you understand. Like, you have this, this, and this. And they try to kick me out of school, basically. And I'm like, oh, I was like, that was my friends. Well, you're responsible for your friends. Well, I didn't, you know, like, I had all these excuses, and I just didn't understand what kind of trouble I was in. And um, he's like, look, you know, you're on probation, blah, 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 this and that. And I didn't want to tell my parents I'm the first one in my immediate family to go to college. And I was like trying to do good and like scared straight. Then I ended up getting in another, like two other little incidents, which were my fault. But, you know, in my mind, it was like no big deal. And I literally got kicked out of the dorms like five days before, uh, five days before the, before the year was over. And um, I was like, nervous every phone call was a bad phone call every piece of mail was a bad piece of mail and i just really had to buckle buckle down learn about community learn about following the rules learn about uh you know not thinking i'm above things and um it was it was a real growing up time for me that i learned a lot from and and i went through college i was i was on probation really the rest of my college career and i went on to um set the record for our team i was the first um, you know, I was the all-time win leader for our college, and I went to the national tournament and was had the best success at the nationals. And I, um, you know, went on to to become a coach and work for the college. And I, you know, been inducted in the Hall of Fame at the college, and done all these things on on the uh, the backside of it that, you know, I learned a lot from from just being a dumb, like wild kid. <laughs> yeah, you think if those experiences don't happen, are you where you're at today? Well, I, I, I would like to think so, a different route probably, but I would have had to have had some sort of coming to Jesus uh, realization at some point because, um, you know, and it wasn't, like I said, I, I honestly in my heart today don't feel like I was doing anything wrong. You know? Yeah, you're just kind I of just, bad place. Yeah. I was, and, wrong place, no, wrong time. Well, I wasn't following yeah. the rules, you know, so that, and, and, and there's times in life where you have to follow the rules, even if you don't agree with the rules or you don't see the perspective of other people or, um, so I learned a lot in that regard. I, I was never like a bad person because of it. And in, in my mind, I was just like, you know, just realizing how the world works a little bit better, which college is about, you know? Yeah. I think when you're on the outside of traumatic events that happen, like for me and, and watching him go through stuff it almost affects you just as much as he was doing. And you kind of mentioned that your family was going through some stuff. So how did you handle those situations from the outside? <clears throat> well, I just, you know, one was my brother had gone to school and um, he ended up having like a mental breakdown and, and he uh, got involved with a, a church that was kind of like a cult and, and he, and that took his whole life in a different trajectory. Another, um, for me, I was just, they're supportive and, and trying to do good on my own side for, um, you know, to, and this was right around the same time when all this happening, like going to college for me was a huge release from that. Then I had my little sister, she had a, a car accident when 
I guess she was about maybe 17. No, maybe 21. I can't remember. And she was in a six car pileup and had oh. brain surgery and had her skull removed and all that kind of stuff. And that was another thing where it was her battle, but I was super affected by it. And I was just, again, trying to be there and be supportive. So I've had some of those big moments in our family that are like shocking moments, but they aren't my moments per se. I, I, I did my part to um, be the positive part of my family by accomplishing things and being supportive. Was there one specific thing that made you bring light to your family during all those tough times? I think, you know, I was in, I was in, a, uh, in a time where I was building a brand unknowingly really just by being who I was taught to be that was very positive. You know, I think, you know, the whole family took pride in that. You know, my mom's mentioned that and, and everyone else. And so I was somebody that was bringing a positive, you know, positive energy and a positive reputation to our family by being, you know, I'd always say hi to my mom, just instinctively I, I would do that uh, as I'm running out to the cage. She'd never been to one of my fights and, um, you know, a lot of pride in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So during that time, you obviously were in wrestling too. So how did those like dark times affect your wrestling? Man, wrestling was my only escape and only release from stress when I was uh, a freshman. Cause I, like I said, and this is back in the day and I was a wild man in, in retrospect, like not like bad, but I remember I had uh, <laughs> a roommate who was the complete opposite of me. They put you in these dorms and we had like, we had three bedrooms and then you had immediate roommate and stuff. And, and my roommate was like, he'd be up all night. His name was Haytron, hey, hey but his, he went by Tony and, he would be up all night on the computer. I didn't. I never even had a computer, and and uh, then he'd sleep all day. He kept locking me out of my room, and I'd never bring a key. And I'm just like, dude, I, there's all these different things that uh, that I was like experiencing that were just me being kind of like unhinged. Like I I told him like five times to stop locking me out of my room, and he would like I said he would sleep out. So I eventually just kicked the door down, and uh, I got in trouble for that, obviously. <laughs> And so I was like, hey, man, don't lock me out anymore. And so I do a bunch of stupid little things that are like, you know, this is not just my world. Uh, there's better ways to approach things. It's know? definitely a part of the journey. And when reading your book, I love the, the fourth law when you talk about, um, what was it? It's like, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey ahead. And I feel yeah. like all of these little moments in your life had really prepared you for being in the UFC and, and being on such grand scales. Yeah, and, and honestly, from a young age, you know, I think one of the things for me that I also learned in having great mentors and, and, and great family growing up was, uh, you know, one thing that I always remember, my, my parents would always try to do things outside the box. Like, we were not traditional people, like conventional medicines. We were like, I was had raw apple cider honey vinegar and wheatgrass juice and bee pollen and royal oh. jelly and all this weird crap instead of, like, taking medicine. So we always would take the hard road and like my lunches were like, you know, not typical lunches. And, and, uh, I think my parents kind of took a pride on being, you know, walking a different path. And so, um, for me as, uh, you know, as I progressed through things, I think kind of embraced like that, that different approach, but I was always, um, in the limelight when I was in elementary school, we we're in a open school, which is a little different school. And we didn't have 
A's and B's and C's. It was like um, outstanding, needs improvement, like check marks yeah, and that kind of those, stuff. Yeah. And then they would do a lot of writing about you and everything. And I, my theme was always about leadership. Like you're right, as a natural leader and doing being being a leader in, in the right way, doing good and not bad with it. So um, I remember that from a, a very young age that was like, was was kind of uh, unique. I, like I know that I stood out or people followed me. And then I was also doing, you know, I was on commercials and that kind of stuff as a kid. And, um, and I was a star athlete in college and in high school. So I've had these moments of being kind of like in the limelight and being a leader, but really understanding how to use that for good is, has been like something that I think was a hands-on deal for people. And, uh, you know, so these, these little moments where I'm kind of unhinged. I just have to reel back in. <laughs> I, I love how you always say pushing through adversity is just a mentality. Yeah. I, I, I live by that every single day. Everything you go through in life is so hard, but it makes you stronger yeah. as a person. And it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, the truth is we have, to, I mean, we have no choice. If we're alive, we have to live. We have to take on what is coming at us and deal with it in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, how you deal with it that's up to you and, mm-hmm. um, you know and you can practice positivity you can practice uh, being an optimist and, and it's harder for some people than others like genetically people are more prone to be happy and optimistic demeanor uh, mentality like everything it, it's not the same for everybody so some people have to work harder than others and but understanding awareness of the fact that it's something you should work on is something that's important it's something common and super successful people is is a big deal this portion of the burn factory podcast is sponsored by phoenix salon suites please visit phoenix salon suites at p-h-e-n-i-x salons s-a-l-o-n suites s-u-i-t-e-s dot com to find one near you attention all wrestling aficionados wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I feel like unfortunate moments in your life really build you to, to who you are and all these burn moments, you just you keep building, keep building and obviously help you in a certain situation. But uh, it's time to go to our a little lighter, a little more fun, stands for ridiculous. So all these fights, all these commercials, all these things that you've been doing in your life. Yeah. Are there any ridiculous burn moments that you kind of went through that you could share with us? <sighs> ridiculous moments. Yeah, it could be like maybe a fan asked you a, a funny question or you got a crazy message or, or someone Man, yelled had, something at you. I've had so many different um, ridiculous things. I had a a, a a lady who um, somehow, well, they did a countdown show that had my dad's uh, phone number on his truck for, for his company. And somehow this lady from North Carolina or New, some, somewhere back east got the number, got a hold of my dad, convinced my dad to give my phone number to her, and then um, put me on the phone with her 13-year-old daughter and like they were saying all this obscene things and everything. And then that lady actually ended up, I had an old guy named Red Robinson who was like a 60 year old, like wild man kind of, uh, that was at our gym somehow got a hold of that guy and, and came and like in my environment. So I've had, that was kind of a, a <laughs> but they like showed up, <laughs> showed like, up like to the gym uh, or like showed up in our, well, how do you have a block of houses? They have a gym, like just in my environment. And I'm like, how the heck did this happen? You know, that was pretty funny. Hey, that's some top notch <laughs> research though. To, yeah, to resourceful. yeah. Yeah. I think her and red actually hit it off. She was maybe 20 years younger than he was. <laughs> he was a wild man. That's it kind of worked out red, in for everybody. Him. Yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. also some definitely ridiculous moments in the ultimate fighter with you and McGregor. Oh yeah. Dude. Oh, I've had so, <laughs> there's so many of those moments that you, that you, uh, that you don't see. <clears throat> Connor, is a frigging crack up, but we actually went out. I don't know if I've ever said this before, but because uh, you know we we start out as not enemies, but we didn't know each other, or we're we're not we're not friends, and then we're in the same environment for however many seven seven weeks or whatnot, and having to see each other, and became friends. And we went out the last one of the nights there and stayed out till like four in the morning, like me and him and my <laughs> buddies and his buddies, and we had a blast. And, We've built kind of a friendship over that, so we still, we still talk a lot of crap uh, on IG <laughs> in between each other. <laughs> but you guys are step. still, you guys are still like kind of close. Or yeah, we still, well, we still talk. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I love whenever you, uh, you and him competed in the watermelon dropping contest from oh, the yeah. helicopter, and you beat him, and he was so mad. He yeah, I didn't. Like, I let it. I let it simmer <laughs> for a second. He kept asking me, "What'd you? What'd you do? What'd you do?" I'm like. 
Let that one, let that one sing. Yeah, yeah, you should on. send him a text and just remind him that you beat him in that. Maybe oh. I will. <laughs> just give him a little reminder. Hey, remember when I beat you in that watermelon? We'll just do the. He's been going through it himself. He's probably having some burn moments right now, the guy. Oh, yeah. for sure. What's your thoughts on the Ultimate Fighter right now? I haven't him? had a chance to watch it yet. All right, there he is. What's your burn moment, Connor? What's your, What's burn, your burn moment, moment Connor? Connor? Come on, come on the show. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so I have not had a chance to watch it. From what I just had a kid who came in and, and trained with us this last week. And apparently he was on the show with uh he was supposed to be on the show, but Connor I guess kicked everybody yeah, off. Yeah, he brought like two fence. guys with him and kicked uh I think he had to kick the two guys who were already in out. Yeah, so he kicked one of those guys out. I just met him, so that doesn't that's not very cool, but um I I haven't watched the episodes yet. Yeah, I mean yeah. I'm saving it till I have some time. Time is the issue, guys. I've always yeah. I think well, it seems like, like you said earlier, yeah, busy and yeah. Always going. It keeps you focused, too, though. You always got so much things you can't really go off on your own. People help out with that because I'm not great at staying focused, but what I try to do is get the most done in each day and, like, just line it up and knock down as much as possible. Mm. Having a good, like, team around you, like you said. Yeah. Like, for us, fortunately, we have such an amazing team that's always keeping us in check and uh, (laughs) helping us through because, I mean, without them, we're, we're nothing right here, so... Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's awesome they're part of it. You guys aren't nothing, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't yeah. fulfill what um, we were supposed to do. So, yeah. I just got to ask, what was your thoughts on Connor saying Python? <laughs> and you're like, oh, we don't know what Python is. And yeah, <laughs> I had to be quick on my, on my You were quick yeah, on his beat. He's, he's, he's a witty dude. They didn't put a lot of my stuff in there, uh, oh. you know, uh, editing, but uh, we, had a, we had a good time. He's a crack up. Somebody <laughs> said that, two people said that to me today, actually. Those aren't python skin. Oh, Those aren't python guys here. <laughs> it's funny because I took a, a picture with a guy who who uh, had me sign the picture from last time, and I was wearing the exact same pants, exact same <laughs> sandals from like two years ago. No shirt? And I go, wait a second. Same and shirt? Th- no. This, no. Isn't, uh, this is Josh Emmett. Oh. Recast, yeah. Oh, oh, that's super sweet. Yeah. Doesn't he train at Team Alpha Male? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, speaking of Team Alpha Male, how, what was it like building your own gym? How hard is that? It was difficult because I had no money. And, uh, you know, when I started, um, I had a guy, Matt Fisher, who was a chiropractor at the time, and he had, like, wanted to do some privates. He met through a friend, and he asked if I ever thought about doing a gym. And I'm like, yeah, I would consider it. But And so at the time, I mean, he was paying for my breakfast, and, like, I did a lot of sweat equity in there. And I actually started managing guys before anyone really knew who I was. I started a management company back in the day. So we used to manage Chilson and Anthony Pettis and, <clears throat> you know, all my guys and Mark Munoz and Scotty Jorgensen and the list goes on. So um, I built the gym and the team before anybody really knew who I was. And so uh, it was difficult, but did, um, fun. Did you do this all while you were still actively fighting too? Yeah. Yeah. This oh, is wow. uh, why I started fighting. I graduated college in 2003 and I'm a, you know, I started a, a, a little business called TLC, Top Line Coaching, which because I was getting paid like $7,000 a year. If you read my book or, or checked it out, I, I think I talk about this whole experience. I was making $7,000 a year as a full-time coach, and then I was doing wrestling camps um, in fun places, 
and Tahoe and everything else. And then I was, I started a little company called T T TLC, Top Line Coaching. And I was coaching kids after college at two local schools, Thomas and Vacaville. And so uh, I was just, you know, squeaking by. And <clears throat> it was illegal at the time. There's no really? weight class for me at the time. And so I didn't know what the heck I was thinking. I was a little delusional, which is a good thing if you're doing it right, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, it just kept on. I was bussing tables. I ended up getting a sponsor, and I had this uh, Native American kid that came to train with us, and he started paying me a little bit to, instead of going to college, he was going to be a fighter. And, and so I was always just barely squeaking by until the sport got to where it needed to be. And I was not worried about money. I was just following my passion. You guys are, that whole era is really the pioneers of the sport. Like yeah. everyone who fights today should like thank you guys because they're the, you guys are the reason they're getting millions of dollars <laughs> to fight. It's, yeah. it's kind of insane if you really think about it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a young sport. Well, for being the oldest sport in the world, it's also the youngest sport in the world as far as, and it's the only global, global franchise, I think, for sports. Yeah. Probably. Um, I think it is. And uh, so the sport has been night and day. Big thanks to the Fertitas. I love those guys. You know, Lorenzo, I still speak with Lorenzo on a regular basis, and Dana's passion for it. There's a lot of people that try to come in with money into this sport, but to match the passion that they had with the resources is rare, and that's, that's why we're at where we are today. To think that they were one day away from literally selling the entire thing when it wasn't yeah. making money to now being one of the biggest sports and, and COVID really just exploded. Oh, it. Yeah. The UFC's yeah. burma was COVID. Yeah, yeah, it that was a big crazy. one. How many consecutive sellouts they have now? Like 20? Yeah, they have, it's they're insane. doing unreal now. But it's kind of yeah. crazy to see how starting out making only $500 sellout, going to the UFC and starting to make 15 it's just yeah. crazy to see how the sport's taking off. Yeah, no, yeah. I, was, I got paid 200 bucks guaranteed. Guaranteed 200 bucks to fight my first fight. Is, That's yeah. crazy. That's insane. But I was also going to be a uh, substitute teacher, which was going to pay, I think, 11 bucks an hour. So I was like, you know, I did one fight, made 500 bucks. And I was, I didn't think about all the years of being training. I was just like, that was one minute, 500 <laughs> bucks. And that's yeah. right. Shifted focus from being a teacher to being a fighter. Geez, you're ready to do it all. Yeah, I was. You really have done it all. I was just, I was just trying to hustle. Yeah. How hard was it for you? Because you put so much time and so many years into the sport. How hard was it for you to walk away? It's difficult because um, there's common sense and then there's the state of the sport, which is fairly new. And like the money that I was getting when I was the world champion in the WC was minuscule compared to when I retired. So um, knowing that I'm really good at something and it's, it's a fairly easy paycheck for me, it's not scary or anything else. It's it's really easy to want to go back to that well over and over again. But I wanted to prove to myself that I could make, you know, make more money and have more success without the fighting. And I did. I like in the time I was retired, I secured some deals that were, you know, maybe three to four times my overall earnings for my whole career within those years before I came back, um, as far as assets go. So. Um, you know, I want to prove that to myself. And then coming back was just for fun. Like people come back for the wrong reasons. That's not good. But I was coming back, like just had a baby and, um, was just excited. Yeah. During that time from 2016 to 2019, what did you really 
do while you're retired? Oh man, retired is not a word for it. I was grinding and I had, I had some tough moments there too because I, I, I kind of doubled down on the gym even though the gym business was never a good business for me. And I did, I, I did that because of a real estate play and that real estate play, the way I put it together creatively ended up being really, really a good deal for me. But during that time, I had a ton of trials and tribulations with the gym. The gym was, I was losing a lot of money to keep the gym alive, to get the purchase of the building done and all this, all these things that had to play in perfectly. So that was its own battle um, and its own, you know, fight. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship. Burn is moment. Not, yeah. It's obviously, you know, entrepreneurship is not an easy gig. It's, it's tough. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm in a really good spot way things worked out, but it was, some some moments of like am i gonna have to fold this up and so that was scary yeah it's hard to to keep the faith but it seems like you did so now it's time to go to n and it's kind of two parts it's now and next so what are some burn moments that you're going through right now in your life and uh what are some burn moments that you see coming in the future um i would say the biggest burn moments for me right now are uh just time allotment it's when you have kids it becomes really easy to prioritize things. And, and the truth is my priority is hanging out and making awesome kids. So I try to get as much of my free time as possible to be with them. And so then you have to really prioritize what you put your time and energy into. And so, um, you know, and, and it's, especially when you're trying to expand things, you're, you're not at a comfortable place all the time. Uh, or if you're trying to grow, you know, um, so, Time allotment and where I focus my time and energy as I'm trying to grow things are some burn moments, and I expect to have in the future, like you said, uh, a lot more of those. I've got some really exciting things on the horizon, some things that will be like next level for me, uh, like really big, but things have to fall into place, and I know from experience that things don't fall into place. You know? yeah. So I'm expecting the burn moments to be intense, yeah. And uh, but I'm ready for it. Is it true that your life changes whenever you have a kid? Uh, I would assume so, but, um, for me, the best way I could describe it for me was I felt like they're always there, which was kind of weird. Like, what's the difference? I'm like, I don't, I just feel like they were kind of always there. Um, and, uh, I also being a person that wants to be a champion and be at the best, best of uh, things, I was like, okay, I'm going to be the best at ever. I'm going to do this even when I don't want to and this and that. The thing that was shocking in a good way was the things that you think you don't aren't going to want to do. I was I was looking forward to them, like getting up in the you know getting up at night and, and take care of the kids or like it just wasn't wasn't a difficult task. I was prepared for it to be difficult, but it came really easy and it was just a positive thing. And cleaning their diapers, <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Yeah, I've never been so close to poop in my life. Uh, uh, I'm not prepared for that yet. Give me, give me some few Wait, years. Oh, you got time. You, know, you just hire someone. You'll be all right. Just hire someone. <laughs> no. That's what I'm probably doing. That's definitely, yeah. that's something that he would do. Yeah, that's, I, I'll, hey, I'll be hands on with it. It's not bad. Uh, you got to do, do it a couple times though. Know what you're, know what you're trying to get rid of. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. Like it always like sticks to each other. I'm not ready for that. I got, I got a few years for that, but, uh, team alpha male, it's starting to grow really, really big. So yeah. are there any thoughts of maybe, uh, expanding to maybe a second gym or, or to things of that nature? Um, you know, we have an affiliate program with our, our Brazilian Jiu Jitsu team alpha BJJ. We have team alpha MMA, which 
we have a, a hub for. I have two other gyms, UFC gyms um, in Rockland and Folsom. And um, we have some affiliates over in Brazil and, and whatnot. The things that I'm working on in the future, yeah, I want to make it like a real team. Like, you know, there's the Sacramento Kings, there's the 49ers, there's mm-hmm. the, the Giants, the A's. It's a very unique, different world because of the way things are structured in our sport. And so I'm trying to be the first to put the pieces together um, and do something really, really cool and unique that will, um, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are that are local owners of the Kings because it's a sexy thing and they yeah. get to be part of this ownership. They get, there's real estate attached. And so I want to do that for, for my team. And there's some other big teams out there. Like if you look at American Top Team and you look at Jackson Winkle John and even AKA, um, a lot of those teams have big money behind them. Like um, Dan Lambert is a very successful businessman. I got to sit and pick his brain, but he loves the sport, but he's funded. You know, and then, yeah. you know, the, the Zinkins with AKA, they're, they're great wrestlers and combat athletes, but they're funded also. You know, they, they own a lot of Fresno. So um, for me, I think the next step is figuring out all the pieces and then bringing in some owners and really making some key hires and, and be able to have a recruiting budget and put fighters up, make it easier for the fighters. Because right now, mine's more of a co-op. And it's like a shanty empire, like I said. Like I've pieced it together through my my money that I got from getting hit in the face. That's, <laughs> so I want to build yeah. out of that. Where did you get the name Team, Team Alpha Male from? So I was a human development major in college, um, which is I was one of the only guys in the, the uh, in that um, divi- at the subject at the time. Thank mm-hmm. goodness. But uh, it's something that I studied in animals and humans is it's not just about brute force or anything else is, you know, you know, Justin Bieber's an alpha male and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the top ballerina in the world's an alpha and, and there's alphas in everything. And, and I like the team aspect because, uh, even in nature, like there's packs Mm -hmm. and people sticking together. And I like the, the idea of, um, you know, success. And I like the idea of, camaraderie and building each other up like that's what i've done i've you know now you know who cody garbrand is and tj dillashaw and chad mendez and joseph benavidez and you know macy barber macy barber Paige van zandt all these different names i knew them and was helping them out before anybody knew who they were and now we built and i talk about this in my book is personal credit and building your own who's who network it's not like oh i know cody garbrandt and be, and I want to know him and brag about it now. Like, no, I helped build him. Cody and Cody's helped me a lot. He was a, a pivotal guy on our team, you know, stepped up when TJ and Dwayne left and, and won the championship shortly after. And like, you know, there's, there's a real, something really special about building a network of people that helped you get there and, and appreciate that you helped them. Mm-hmm. That's different than just meeting somebody that's, that's accomplished. It's just a whole different animal. And so, um, I like the alpha aspect. The team alpha is like-minded individuals. Um, the alphas are persuasive. They're a lot of times funny. They're a lot of times very kind, um, great leadership. And so I like that name. Yeah. And it's a pack. <clears throat> too. It's a pack, yeah. Continue to learn from each other, too, especially <clears throat> yeah. like Cody can take some from Mason. Mason can take some from Yasha. Not like yeah. they can all just work together and bounce brains off. Yeah, and on top of that with the, uh, you know, the real life of things there was a time when 
I was the baddest dude in the gym, like hands down. And in, in that room was TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt, Chris Holdsworth and all my weight class. Mm-hmm. And that changes over time. That's like, that's mother nature, you know, yeah. and it's hard work and it's, it's getting older and things like that. But you can appreciate the passing of the torch when you're a part of it. You yeah, know? I agree. Yeah. All right, Uriah, well, you just spelled burning your life. Thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. uh, tell the audience where they can find you, all your social medias and, <clears throat> and stuff like that. Just uh, Uriah, U-R-I-J-A-H-F-A-B-E-R um, on most everything. Yeah. It's, you, it's good. you heard the man. Go give him some love. Go follow him. And Uriah, as a gift for coming on the podcast, you will get the Black Label Edition Burn Factory hoodie and hat. Keep in mind, only guests get these. Oh, this is yeah. rare. Hey. It's rare, hey. Very rare. rare. You, hey, in, in when the you guys really blow up, I'm selling it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, right, we'll, we're expecting some uh, Team Alpha Mare gear coming yeah, back. We'll, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we'll link kidding. up, man. I got kidding. all sorts of stuff. Maybe no. go. Maybe Burn Factory goes trains at Team, Team Alpha Male. Oh, you're oh. welcome. Oh, oh, we got some stuff brewing. I used to, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> The fake injuries are coming. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Take us back to our judo days. Oh, you guys yeah. judo, yeah. judo players. That's awesome. Golf yeah, and judo. judo. That's a good combo. <laughs> yeah, that Not is. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to do it from this episode of the Burn Factory Podcast. Like always, like, comment, and subscribe at the Burn Factory Podcast. And always, please visit my foundation as well, the priestjamesfoundation.org. Again, the priestjamesfoundation.org to understand why this is called the Burn Factory. We'll see you guys for the next episode. Peace. All right, guys, we're here with Uriah Faber, who just spelled burn in his life, and he is now the Burn Factory Podcast champion. Wow. Congrats, congrats. Thanks, guys. You have fun? You enjoy it? That was a good time, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Brought yeah, back some memories. memories. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're such an inspiration to us and definitely a lot of inspiration to people out there. So we just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. You got it, guys. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... 
Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.